But when the floods come and the rains come in, in our life, we find a pillar that supports our house. We find that extra piece of cement that reinforces the foundation that's not found in what my mom says. That's not found in what my dad says. It's found in what God says. And we stand on that thing and we, we let the rain come. We let the storm come. It comes. We stand on it. We stand on it. And we say to ourselves, even though it doesn't look like God is coming through, I am choosing to believe his word rather than this rain. Even though it looks like the rain will surely devour and demolish our house, I am choosing to stand on this word because this is the solid rock on Christ, the solid rock I stand. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to another episode of the Autumn Miles Show. I love you guys so much. Thank you for following along. I'm a little tired today. I had, um, as a matter of fact, every Monday I have class until about 10 o'clock. So, oh, actually I get home at about 10 o'clock. And so I'm like dragging, but I'm full of information about what I learned last night. So if I, my voice sounds a little weary, that's why, you know, normally my weary voice is like everyone else's normal voice. So, um, you know, maybe I'll just sound like everybody else. Cause people have told me over the years, you need to calm down. You need to quiet down. You need to not be so, you know, loud, well, today I might not be. So welcome to the show. I'm so, so glad that you're here. And we are going to go off today on something that the Lord put in my heart late last night to share with you. Now, I have a full outline, beautiful outline on what I was going to talk to you about. But God dropped us like, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six verses in my spirit today. And I've even gone through my production meeting on what I was going to share. But as I sat down in the chair, the Lord said, you know what I told you? And so we're going to be obedient to what he says. So after the break, I'm going to share with you what I believe is just a message from the word, his word, and it's his message to you today. So that'll be after the break. We might go a little shorter today. Maybe you'll be able to get this podcast through in one sitting. Wouldn't that be great? So that's what's going to happen today. What is going on? Listen, there is so much going on in my uh, world right now. I don't even know what to cover. Okay. There's a lot. But one thing sticks out in my mind about my family. Last week was my husband's 41st birthday. He, yes, uh, he is younger than me. And, you know, that is shocking to some people. <laughs> just kidding. I just had to throw that in there for him. He is younger than me. So he just turned 41. We used to make, my siblings and I used to make fun of him all the time. Like, you're not 40 yet? Like, what in the world is going on? But had his birthday last week. And you know, do you ever as a parent, like have a birthday, but it's 
like the worst day ever because, <laughs> you know, you can't take off work. You can't like stop your responsibilities. So Wednesday was his birthday last week and we had an incident with my daughter Haven that we had to take care of. There's several things that happened last week that was like, it was a total train wreck. And we went to a dinner. My husband, for some reason, told my older kids, like gave them permission to go to an event. And so they weren't there. <laughs> and we sat at dinner. It was just me and him and Moses and Haven. And it, he was really quiet. And it was like, it was awful. Anyone out there have like the worst parent birthday ever? I had one two years ago. It was on a Monday and I was so depressed. And I was like, this is the worst day ever. All I want is like a piece of cake or like a balloon or something like that. And, you know, we had sell it. We're going to, we were going to celebrate it that weekend, but Monday is a long time to wait until like Saturday. So anyway, anyway, I digress. So we had a really really not good day for his birthday. And I said, you know what? The kids are out of school on Friday. Why don't we make Friday your honorary birthday? Like, we'll just forget this day ever happened. And so we'll do Friday as your birthday. And so he woke up on Friday and um, it was really, really funny because all four of my kids were home from school. Like they never go to school. I don't know why they're out so much these days. We never, we never, never had a day off growing up. It was like, it's four feet of snow. You're going to school. And we would, and we would just wait. Remember when you have had to wait and watch the news to see if your school was scrolling on the news because the school didn't call the house. <laughs> you had to figure it out yourself if you didn't have school or not. But we would watch and like, see if when the snow came, like, do we have school or not? And then if you missed your school, you would have to rewatch all the schools that were canceled. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Okay. They send you a text, an email, call you, you know, come to your house and tell you there's no school. So you definitely know. Anyways, they didn't have school and we don't know why. I still don't know why they didn't have school. Anyway, they were all out of school and we got up and we went to breakfast. And it was so funny that the waiter came and Eddie looked at the waiter and goes, It's my birthday. <laughs> And my husband is not like that kind of person. Like I want all the attention, but it was hilarious. We celebrated his birthday for breakfast. And then we went to mini golf. He chose mini golf. He chose mini golf because he likes to dominate. Like I, every, I, he is so competitive. I don't even like to play him in any sport whatsoever, because I know that I'm going to lose because I've literally lost for 20 years in May. Everything we've ever, except I did win mini golf one time, two years ago, and I'll never forget it. But most of the time I lose. And so I don't even want to play. Lucky for me, I slept on my neck wrong. So I couldn't turn my neck to the left. So I told him, unfortunately, I can't play mini golf, but I will keep score for everybody. So he gets out there and he is like, he has this smirk that everyone tries to beat that kind of says, I'm going to beat you. And he never says it out of his mouth, but he, he thinks he doesn't communicate it because it doesn't come out of his mouth. I don't know why he thinks that he's got this smirk that says everything. And so my, my kids were all trying to beat him and I was so proud of them. And I was on team kids because dad always wins. So I always pick the underdog <laughs> and we went through this whole thing. And 
I was keeping score and nine holes in Jude was beating him by two. But I dare not say anything because that would just rev up the competitor and my husband and he would dominate Jude. And Jude is like mentally taking into account how many he has. And he's like, I think I'm beating dad. And I didn't say anything. And it got to 18 holes, guys. And literally, you would think I was reading off like a lottery ticket or something, reading everybody's score. Haven got, well, she got number five. (laughs) Moses got number four. Grace got number three. And you could have heard a pin drop at the, the golf place. I waited and I looked at them and I said, Jude, you got number two. And Eddie won again. But he only won by one. Which tells me he is beatable now by our kids. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, I think that was the birthday present that he always wanted, desired, and needed was to dominate in mini golf, I guess. I don't know. It was a super crazy weekend. And, you know, shout out to all the parents out there that have a crappy birthday because you have responsibilities. We get it. We know what it's like. Okay. Our kids, they have like the greatest parties ever. I'm like, I want to attend your birthday party. Us, (laughs) we don't ever do that for ourselves. Anyway, that is what's happening in my life. Little real life for you. I'm going to come back and share with you just this passage of scripture that God put on my heart for you today. I will catch you right after this break. It's going to be awesome. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. The potential for God to change lives is clear. Autumn Miles has a mission to spiritually challenge the way people think. The Autumn Miles Show and Autumn Miles Ministries are 100% listener supported by those who have already been blessed by God's Word. Would you like to see others experience the change that you have already experienced? Consider being a financial partner with this life-changing ministry. Simply go to autumnmiles.com and click the Donate tab. While you're there, check out all the aspects of this dynamic work. Thank you for supporting Autumn with your prayers and by being a financial partner. God bless you. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Okay, guys, we're back. I'm I'm excited about this because I feel very, very called for this message. So let's just pray before we get into it. Lord, you are the author of your word. Every word, every page, it is inspired by you, handed down to servants who penned it. And God, I just, I pray for the words, Lord, that I'm going to read today. I pray, Lord, that you would release them into those that need it today. I pray that it would be an aha moment for those that need it today. Use your word for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I think I have one point today. I mean, I have zero outline today, but I do have one point today that I want to make with you. Check your foundation. I think we need a foundation check. Okay. We had some friends a couple of years ago that all of a sudden (laughs) they bought this beautiful home. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful home. They went in, they had a lot of uh, work done to the home before they, they moved in. You know how some people do that? Like, I don't like the color of the wallpaper. And so like wallpaper, who even has that anymore? I don't know. But we're going to fix that before we move in. It's a really good idea. I mean, Eddie and I have done that. We've gone into our homes before we've moved into them and made them our own, you know, doing whatever, you know, getting blinds put in or, you know, changing something that would best fit our needs. They spent all this money, all of this money on this renovation. And it looked awesome. Like I remember going over there and seeing the house that they had just bought. They were so proud of it. And I had spent all this money specifically on like a playroom for their kids. And it was awesome. Awesome. And a couple of weeks later, I think we had him over for dinner or something. And they said, we have a huge crack in our drywall. They had just got fixed. Well, they went and they called the contractor and, you know, the contractor was like, well, we did everything right, you know, whatever, whatever. Well, we have a huge crack in our drywall. So you're, we're going to need you to come patch it. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to build a house. I'm just thinking that really stinks. Okay. They come to patch it and they realize that the floor of that room is not level. So there's not just a crack in the drywall, there is a crack somewhere in the foundation and it is causing problems in that entire section of the house. So they ended up calling out a foundation person. <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what they're called. <laughs> foundation expert. <laughs> and what these people have to do is crazy. They have to dig under, basically under the house to go under the house to check to see if there is a crack in the slab of the foundation, which there was. So then they have to go in and do, I mean, I don't know what they do, but they have to go back in and secure the foundation (laughs) with I mean, I'm assuming it's like concrete to repair it so that if there is a contractor that comes to fix the drywall, the drywall will stay intact. Why am I telling all of you guys this? Last night I went to class and I was up, um, we, we actually read this passage of scripture last night in class, and, as, and I, as soon as we read it, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to share that tomorrow. And I'm thinking, oh, I'll share it. I'll share it in my monologue. Like, I'll share it, you know, no problem. Got you, Lord. I got you. <laughs> and this morning, like I said, we went through everything I was going to share today, and the Lord said, that's not what I want you to share. It's good, but it ain't what I want you to share. I mean, it is my word, but it's not what I want you to share. So from what I believe is from him to you, 
I want you to check the foundation of your life. Because here's what I feel like is happening. This is what I felt like the Holy Spirit impressed upon me. There's cracks. We've hired a contractor, maybe a, a, I don't know, therapist. I don't know, counselor, whatever. I love counseling, by the way. Love counseling. (laughs) And highly recommend biblical counseling to you if you need it. Go get it. There's counseling all over the place in my family. Both my parents are biblical counselors. So I'm not knocking counseling. But what I'm sensing is that there is cracks. There is issues. And we think it's an issue with the contractor. But really, it's an issue with the foundation. And so today, I want to take you through this passage of scripture from our beloved Jesus. And I just want you to, I want you to hear the wisdom of our beloved Savior speak over your life. A crack might look like depression. A crack to you might look like anxiety. It might look like bitterness. A crack to you might look like, I don't know, a messed up relationship with your child. You know what your cracks are, but we're trying to patch it up with something. And really, we need to shore up the foundation of it. Let me read this. Matthew 7, verse 24 says this. Therefore, this is our Jesus, our guy. What a God. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Yet, it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Now, I want you to go down to verse 29, 729, Matthew 729, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Okay, so the scribes would come out and they would read read or dictate a portion of scripture to whoever was there in the synagogue. And here we have Jesus who is saying, when you hear my words, my words, and you act on them, when the rain comes and the flood comes and it beats upon your house, it will stand. Because it was founded on the rock. 
Okay. But if you don't, it's going to fall. These people were like, who in the world is this guy? What's his name again? His name's what? His name's Jesus of Nazareth. This is Joseph's son. What? Huh? What? Why he got all this authority? <laughs> They're looking at him going, what? They were amazed. Because he's referring them back to his words. I want to go to Genesis 1 with you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth And the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God moved over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And God saw the light that it was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning was the first day. The scripture goes through multiple portions. Verse six, then God said, let there be an expanse. And God made the expanse. Then God said, verse nine, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place. Verse 11, then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation. And then the earth sprouted vegetation, okay? Then God said, verse 14, let there be lights in the expanse of heaven to separate them from the day and the night. And I could go on and on and on. But God knew, Jesus knew, according to John 1, 1, Jesus was the word and the word was God and the word was with God all the way in the beginning. So here's the thing. Jesus knew what his words could do. Jesus knew how powerful his words are. They didn't realize it, but Jesus knew. So Jesus knew he could speak with massive authority on it because he knew that if they believed his words, listened to his words and operated on his words, it would be the foundation that they needed in order to have a life that is successful because it is founded on the rock of Jesus Christ. They were shocked, but he knew. And I think sometimes we have the beauty of this book. Oh, 66 books, 27 in the New Testament that are all about Jesus. Old points to Jesus, new points back to Jesus. Jesus right there in the center, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have the beauty of his words, but we neglect to act on them. I want to read it again. Therefore, Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house, yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. The foundation of that man's house that he is talking about is the infallible, indestructible, faithful word of God. I have a heart for those of you that are overlooking this simple truth. I have often said, you know, I go speak at 
places and stuff. And um, a lot of times my answer is the word of God, (laughs) the Bible. I just stood on the word. And that's how this miracle happened. And people look at me like I have the simplistic view, but I, and I would have to agree because I have decided in my life to just believe what God says. It's very simple, complex yet simple all at the same time. And I've learned over the years that when the rain does come, because it does come and it beats the crap out of our house at times, I will find a pillar of scripture and I have them dated all throughout my Bible. You could, if you were at my house, I would let you look through my Bible and see all the dates that I have. Let's see if I have one on this page. (laughs) Of course, it's the one page I don't have. I don't have one on. 1120, the next one, the next page over, 1124.19, I found a pillar. There is dates all through, all through this Bible. Oh my gosh. 2-2015-7407. Must have needed something on that day. I mean, some of them I have... See, 12715, have no idea what was happening there, but I know that it was bad. (laughs) Literally, dates all over the place with little, I'll go off on a tangent. I'll start reading my own notes here in a second from the Bible. But when the floods come and the rains come in, in our life, we find a pillar that supports our house. We find that extra piece of cement that reinforces the foundation. That's not found in what my mom says. That's not found in what my dad says. It's found in what God says. And we stand on that thing and we we let the rain come. We let the storm come. It comes. We stand on it. We stand on it. We say to ourselves, Every one of us, all six of us, we say to ourselves, even though it doesn't look like God is coming through, I am choosing to believe his word rather than this rain. Even though it looks like the rain will surely devour and demolish our house, I am choosing to stand on this word because this is the solid rock on Christ, the solid rock I stand. It is the culture of our home. Rain comes, we find a word. Floods come, we find a passage if we have to. (laughs) Winds come, which they will. We find something to slam against the foundation of Christ and his word in our life because of this passage. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell. It is going to fall. And the floods came. It is going to flood. And the winds blew and slammed against the house. We are not exempt, guys, from rain, floods, or winds. We're not exempt from it. It is going to come. But when the foundation of our life, our home, our spirit, is Christ. When it comes, it won't fall. For it has been founded on the rock. I feel like I want to give you just an invitation 
to check the foundation. We put a lot of weight today on, you know, what other people say about us or, you know, what our bank statement says or, you know, what the news says. (laughs) We put a lot of weight in that. In temporal things and societal things. And all of that is not a firm foundation. I wonder today if those, you know, little cracks that you might be seeing in your life is just because you haven't maintained your foundation. Or maybe you've walked completely away from the foundation. Maybe you used to get a word and stand on the word and you used to really value the power of the words of the Bible. Maybe you used to be the guy that was, or the girl that was at church every single week that was saying, no, no, we're going to believe no matter what, because God said, and we're going to stand on it. And let me just say, there's a lot of smart people out there, but um, no one will be able to actually understand the awesome power of the word of God alone. When we choose to say, God, I am making your word, you yourself, the center of my life, everything that I do is going to revolve around what you said and what you did. It is amazing how those rainstorms, windstorms, when they come at you, you're able to stand and have peace in it. There is a peace that is possible in the midst of great trauma and tragedy. There is a peace that's possible. I have this devotional I read all the time, Streams in the Desert, read it every day. I've read it every day for 20 years. And they talk about this, um, one of the days, I don't remember what day it was, but I I recently read it, this is probably in January. Um, But it talks about this calmness in the, I think it's like the cushion of the ocean or something where you can get deep enough in the ocean where absolutely nothing is disturbed. And there's so much going on at the surface, but if you go deep enough in the ocean, you can get to a place where, you know, there's nothing that is disturbed ever. (laughs) Nothing is moved, nothing is disturbed, nothing. And that is the kind of calm that you have when your life is founded on the rock. In a world that's incredibly unstable and, you know, kind of out of our control and everything is going nuts and weird. And, you know, you hear something every day that you're like, what in the world is happening? You don't have to absorb that. You can live a calm, steady, stable life by making sure that your family is founded on the rock, you yourself is founded on the rock. Because if you don't, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, and that's where I feel like a lot of people are these days, they hear them, they go to church, they call themselves believers, but they don't act on them. They aren't taking The word of God that they know, that they've learned, that they're hearing every week, they're not taking those and actually applying them 
to their lives and living as if they are truth because they are. They're hearing them. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Who would build their house on the sand? Nobody. And yet society is sand. Building your house based on what other people think of you is sand. It's going to crumble, okay? Building your house based on money and how much money you make is going to crumble. What if you lose your job? Building your house based on your education is going to crumble. What if nobody cares? (laughs) Building your house, even on your marriage, God forbid, what if something happens? What if a rain came, a flood came, and a wind blew in your marriage? Where are you going to go for support? I believe this is what's happening. We're hearing the word, but we're not acting on the word. And this is just a simple, this is just the passion of my heart today and something that I believe that the Lord wanted me to share. When you hear it, be the one that acts on it. Be the one that says, I'm going to put that in my tool belt and I'm going to use that thing to give me strength when the rain comes and the wind blows. And the floods come. The rain fell, verse 27. The floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell. And great was its fall. When we even put our identity in our job. And, you know, I remember (laughs) when 2020 hit, you know, here I had all this. I was booked everywhere. I had all this stuff. Oh, my gosh. It was all over the place. And then all of a sudden, 2020 came. And in three days, everything canceled. Everything. My entire year canceled. And I was like in a tail head spin going, what in the world just happened to my life? And that happened to a lot of people. I'm not, it's not unique to me. That's story after story that happened to. If my identity would have been in solely that, I would have been, I wouldn't have known who I was. But it was founded on the rock. Okay. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed of his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as their scribes. I just want you to be honest with yourself today. I want you to look at your life as my friend's house. There's cracks in the walls. There is drywalls falling apart. There's little things going wrong here and there. You get patched, but it happens again. I want you to ask yourself, maybe, maybe we have a foundation problem. And maybe that's just a simple admission to the Lord saying, God, I veered away. I want the effects of building my house on the rock. I want the effects of what that's like. But I'm not doing what it takes to get that. I don't want my house to fall. But I feel like it's crumbling little by little. It's just a challenge for you today. Check the foundation. I wrote the book Gangster Prayer in 2019 and um, have an entire chapter, one whole chapter about the foundation of your prayer life. This is where a lot of people get it wrong in prayer. The foundation, you know, I talk about unlearning and taking your prayer life all the way back and really assuming control of your prayer life. 
And one of the chapters is all about checking the foundation. Because what I found in my own personal life is my foundation of prayer was built on doubt. I doubt God will. Rather than faith, I believe he wants to. And when I changed the foundation of my prayer life so that it was theologically accurate after all those years, I had to get my prayer life theologically in check. And when I changed the foundation, no, my prayer life is no longer going to be, I doubt God will come through. From now on, the foundation of my prayer life, I will pray from a place of, I believe he wants to, because the same Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the same God that I am. If he could do that, he can do what I'm asking. And when I changed the foundation, I began to get results from my prayer life because it was founded in faith, not doubt. Check your foundation. Change your foundation. Have the courage to look and say, and admit, just say, you know what? I've been doing this wrong. I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to stand on what he says. I'm going to stand on his principles, his promises, his, you know, all these things that we have at our fingertips here in the Western world. I'm going to stand on those things. And no matter what it looks like on the outside, I am going to believe for what God said right here in his word. And that's how I'm going to build my life. Let me tell you something. I want you to message me when your life changes because the foundation matters. And if there's a crack, it needs to be fixed. I think that's it. So Lord, I just, I pray for that person. I have a picture of her, Lord, who's having an aha moment because she realizes, oh, my foundation is off. I pray for that woman, Lord. I I see her wearing a yellow shirt and driving in a car. I pray for her who's having a moment where she's saying, yes, I'm going to put God back, the word of God, the words of God, right back in the center of my house. From this day forward, that is how we're going to operate. We're going to trust God no matter what. We're going to lean into his strength no matter what. God, I pray for there to be the courage to um, admit I need more. I need more of the wisdom of God's word to shore up my house. God, I pray for those um, that are looking at their situation right now and they see the cracks and they don't know where they're coming from and they're like kind of frustrated because they're like, what is happening in my life right now? I feel like someone has said that lately. What is happening in my life right now? I pray for that person that's just kind of exasperated saying, God, what is happening? Where is it going? I pray that you would remind them that the strength and stability they need is in your word. Lord, I pray that you would give everyone listening today, a hunger, God, to know you more, to read about you more, to memorize your word more, to sit in your presence more. 
I pray against distractions when it comes to this. God, I just pray that you would lavish your grace on those that are listening. We love you. We need you. We trust you. We thank you for our repentance and your forgiveness when it comes to this issue. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Sorry to go off. Actually, I'm not sorry. (laughs) But um, went kind of off the cuff there. But I just really, really strongly, firmly believe that we have a lot of foundation cracks. And this is fixable. That's the beauty. It's so fixable. It's so fixable. God's grace never runs out. Ever. It is there for you right now. It is fixable. The great thing about God is that he sent us the Holy Spirit to help us fix it. Get alone with the Lord this week. Get alone. That's my homework. Get alone with the Lord and say, God, where's the crack? And give me a pillar of your word to fix it. And he will. His grace never runs out. Grace upon grace he gives us. Okay. I got stuff after the break. I'll see you after the break. I hope that encouraged you. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Okay, guys, we are back. I have a testimony from one of our recent shows. In regards to feeling overlooked or hidden for a season, the hidden season being a training ground for the next season. So that's what I talked about. I did feel just that way. I was just there, not existing. I wanted to give up. I was beaten down. I thought maybe I just wasn't worth anything. I was in a car accident and asked God to save me. I can now work every single day. You always say God works on his time. I didn't give up and I waited it out. I'm glad I did because I now have a car that dreams are made of. God knew before me, and I look at it now and say, this can't be mine. Don't give up. 
So apparently they were in, uh, she was in a car or he was in a car accident and messed up her car, couldn't work. Now she's working every day and now she has the car of her dreams and she's giving God glory. So I love that. God does work in his time. He does work in his way. He does work exactly how he wants to work in order to accomplish his purpose in your life. So I love that you're giving him glory. I absolutely love it. Okay, here's the question. Here we go. After reading Gangster Prayer, I had the courage to begin to pray for a baby. My husband and I have experienced infertility for six years. All the doctors have told us that there is nothing they could do to help. However, I've always felt like it wasn't the end for us. In January of 2021, we adopted our son through foster care. He's now eight, and I still can't believe it. I have two eight-year-olds too. Today, I was sitting in my car and asked God specifically for an answer on if my husband and I will still have a baby. Almost immediately, I heard the word, wait. And then I responded with, okay, wait for what? And he responded, wait for a baby. Here comes the question. It's the age old question that we get all the time. How can I discern when it is the Holy Spirit or random words popping in and out of my head? Sometimes I wonder if I'm truly am hearing the spirit or if if random things come into my thoughts. I'm nervous and reserved about what happened today because in my soul, I felt it was the Holy Spirit, but sometimes my mind wanders during prayer. Okay, guys, here's the deal. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it will have the fruit of the Spirit attached to it, okay? You can look it up in Galatians. It'll have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, okay? The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of His Spirit. So when you hear something from the Lord, that's one way to check. Does it have those attributes? If it's from the enemy, it's going to have the attributes that the Bible tells us. Steal, kill, destroy, okay? Fear, death, terrible, all of those things. That is how you can discern just immediately right off the cuff. Is this from God or is this not from God? Okay. Moving on to a second tier of confirmation. He responded, wait for a baby. Okay. If it's hard for you to believe, then ask him to confirm it from his word. Okay. So a lot of times God will give me something and I feel like it's a promise that he wants me to internalize and wait for. And I will tell the Lord, my faith is not strong enough to support this promise. This is a really big promise. This is awesome. And I love it. And I want to receive it, but could you confirm it through your word? Then I will go to my Bible and I will ask the Lord, show me from your word. And now it may take a couple days, whatever. Is this my promise? to claim. Were you speaking to me? And I'm telling you, every time I ask that, he gives me what I call scriptural confirmation. God, Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible will never contradict themselves. They are one, okay? So when you're reading in the scripture and, you know, you feel like God is impressing upon you this, I am confirming my promise to you, Take it, receive it, and then you're going to have to wait it out, okay? So I hope that helps because I get this question a lot. Check the attributes of what was said 
in your spirit. And then if you don't have the faith to believe that, go get yourself a pillar from God's word that we were just talking about and stand on that. Okay. Fun thing to go. What are your thoughts going to the movies? Are you choosing Sour Patch Kids or chocolate? I'm choosing both. I always get Sour Patch Kids are my favorite candy. And I also love chocolate. So when we go to the movies, we get popcorn, something sour and and something chocolatey. And there are six of us. So, you know, everybody eats it. So thank you guys for joining today. That was a little bit different, but I love it so much. And I hope it resonated with you. Let me go off and do something different every once in a while because I love to do it. Love you guys. I will see you right back here next week for the Autumn Mile Show. I'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.